0: Good morning, good morning, RCC family. Good morning as you guys find your way to your seats. Awesome. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you guys this morning. Good morning to everyone who is live streaming with us or watching from the table. We are so happy that you're here with us this morning. You know, there's something about this season that I love. There's something in the air and fall, and you feel this, like, cultural shift towards gratitude and family, and... The invitation is so kingdom, it's so godlike. And so, we have a really great opportunity for you guys this coming week that's kind of in the spirit of giving back to others. We're going to do a blood drive with a red cross. We're going to do it at the table on November 27th. It'll be from 8 a.m. to 3 o'clock. And this is one of those things that you do that feels super simple, but it changes someone's life drastically. And it's just an awesome way to celebrate this season of being grateful for the health that we have and being able to extend that blessing forward. So so if you're interested in that, we invite you to come on the 27th from 8 to 3. There's enough time for you to fit into your schedule, and we would love to have you there. Then following that... This next Saturday, we're going to start our holiday market. We're going to have the first and the third Saturday of every month, um, of every Saturday, and it'll be from 10 a.m. to 2. So if you are a creative type or if you want to support local art and local vendors, many people from our RCC community will be contributing. We invite you to come to that. It's going to be so much fun. we would love to have you get some good Christmas gifts. Again, that's going to be every first and third Saturday, and then it'll be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then finally, this season we have one great opportunity for you to jump into our Advent season. So if you are familiar with RCC, you know we love Advent here. Um, and so this year we're going to do something a little different. Under the direction of Kara, we're going to have some Advent groups. So we'll be reading through. He, she reads truth, and he reads truth. I think we have about five books for the men and seven books for the women. They're twenty dollars. If you want to contact Kara at kara@verberrcitysmrna.com, at she'll be able to get you a book. We'll also also be having two gatherings in a Zoom call. So, if you want community, if you want to celebrate Christmas, if you are one of those festive types, I know I am, this is the perfect group for you. We invite you to join. And if you need more information, just contact Kira. And then, for our last announcement for our constellation worship night, I'm going to invite Jessica and she's going to give you guys a little bit more information. Good morning, River City. So we had a special night planned for this coming Wednesday night called Constellations. It was a time of worship and prayer and just of... um, revealing and pouring into identity and as individuals and as a body, we have decided at this point to postpone that until mid-January. We would like to give you guys more information and give you time to really understand what that night is going to be about. So we will have that in mid-January, and we will have more information about that coming out soon, and we would invite you to join us then. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so now we're gonna move into our lectionary reading. And if you're unfamiliar with the lectionary, it is a portion of passages that works through the Bible in three years. It connects us with the universal church. We read a Psalm every Sunday. And today our Psalm is from Psalm 90, 1 through eight, and then 12. And it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, O child of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with the flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning, and in the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening fades away and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your presence. So teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And so, Father God, our prayer is much like the psalmist. We want a heart of wisdom, God. We want to understand who you are and who we are in the grander story. God, this morning we invite your presence here into this physical space and here into the homes and the hearts of everyone listening. We thank you that you are a God who can be in all places. God, we are praying a special blessing over everyone who's here this morning and listening that they may begin to feel a shift in their spirit. Lord, we came with so much this week, so many valid concerns and worries. And so, Lord, in this moment, we just offer you a messy gift of our anxieties and we just leave it at the altar, God. Because we know that our life is safe in your hands and that in return you have something so much deeper and richer for us this morning. And so God, this morning, we accept the invitation into peace, into spiritual formation, into joy, into celebration, and into exaltation. God, thank you for being the God that you are. We love you, and we spend this moment now just worshiping you for who you are, God. And in your son's holy name we pray, amen.
1: If you've, if you've um, joined us before, you know that we um, go into a part of our service called Prayers of the People. And typically, we this is our time where we join in with the saints around the world and we pray for and bring awareness and remembrance of um, the hurt and the chaos and the suffering of those around the world, in the church, locally, Um, but as I was thinking about prayers of the people towards the end of this week, I just felt like the Lord was, um, really putting our specific community on my heart. If you're part of our Facebook prayer wall, you will see that within the past week, we've had six people asking for prayer for healing specifically. Um, pretty major stuff Um, not that there's a scale but very heavy things and that doesn't even include the ways in which we're all suffering mentally and emotionally and spiritually or people who aren't on a Facebook prayer wall or who don't have space or feel shame to post something and so I wanted to specifically pray for our community and the people in it first which is kind of actually the opposite of how we normally do prayers to the people. And I'm going to pray by name for the people who have been asking for prayer on the prayer wall. But if you are also in this room, you don't have to share your burden or your suffering or in the ways that you need prayer, but if you are in this room and you just feel like you could really use a reminder from God, an extra special touch that he sees and knows your own weariness, would you be willing to raise your hand? so that we can surround you spiritually, so that we can know in the middle of the week when we think of you to be praying that God would send his extravagant, ever pursuing nonstop love for you in very real ways. Thank you. And so I'm gonna read out of um, the message version of. Ver- uh, Matthew 28 through 30, and then we're just gonna pray for the people of our community. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace i won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly and what the lord was speaking to me for our community is that there is a sense of weariness heading in to the end of this year in a lot of different areas externally internally There is a weariness, we are just tired, and yet hits keep coming, and for those that we saw on the prayer wall, that has come in a version of physical pain and suffering, but we're all sensing it in our own ways. There's a weariness and an exhaustion, and what Jesus promises is, if we will come to him without weariness, there is a promise for rest. There is a promise for grace and for refuge. And so I wanna pray that. And if you will join with me from your seats. God, I just lift up the River City community, the people who raised their hands, those who didn't raise their hands because they felt uncomfortable or uncertain if that was even them. I pray for the people on, who are gathering in their homes and online and for the people who will listen or watch this later. and I just lift them up to you and I place them at the foot of the cross. God, I just pray that there would be an invitation of rest that, they, that we would all accept. That we would choose to trust and believe that there is rest on the other side of that invitation. That we would choose to believe that we could really learn how to live a life of hope and lightness through you and in you even today. We pray for Stacy as she continues to heal after being discharged from the hospital, when she was alone in the hospital for multiple days because of COVID. God, would you restore her body physically, her spirit and her soul in the ways that it was discouraged, the strength that her body lost. God, would you love the Wills family? Would you surround them and love them extravagantly and obviously? Would there be no financial burden that comes out of this? Would there be no form of isolation or loneliness that gets to enter into their lives during this? But they would know above and beyond that they are seen and known and loved. We pray for Justin's brother, Stephen, who had a fall gone so wrong with so many more complications than they could have ever foreseen. God, would you step in to Stephen's hospital room and to his family? God, would you be near to them? Would you remind them that you say, come to me if you are weary and heavy hearted, come to me and I will give you rest in a way that doesn't make sense. I am the God that offers a peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray for Justin's mom who had a stroke. God, would you be near to her, that whole family. May she have lost nothing but that all strength all of her faculties would be restored like new. We pray for Brenda's dad, Ron, who's waiting on a biopsy. The waiting is so hard for us. It highlights so many uncertainties and insecurities and reminds us how not in control we are, but in the midst of the waiting, God, would you actually step in and remind him that his hope is not dependent upon the results that he does or doesn't get. We cling to our hope being in you and you alone. We pray for Don's sister, Elizabeth, who is, who is very sick and an extreme amounts of pain. God, would you have mercy on her? Would your presence be near to her? Would there be people that surround Elizabeth to be your hands and your feet? That there would not be a day that goes by that she doesn't know that she is seen and loved. That you are suffering and joining in her suffering. We pray for Shane's friend, Luann, who had surgery for a brain tumor this week. I thank you that even in just listing off six names and the many millions and millions of others who are impacted both by COVID or socially or economically by government powers that are completely um, untrustworthy and corrupt, that the list we could name every person suffering in the list is not too long or too great for you. Because when you died, you took all of our pain and all of our suffering and you conquered it. And when we can say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come and it matters and it shifts things because that is the power that your name holds. so we don't ignore the suffering of ourselves and those around us, but we present our sufferings to the cross and we plead the blood of Jesus over them and then we partner with you in the midst of our brokenness. So God, may River City Church experience a lightness this week that we did not experience last week. May things that phased us before not phase us as much this week because we have a rock and a hope that is immovable and unshakable. We are tethered to a kingdom that is better and perfect and lasts into eternity. We thank you that you see all, are in all, are working in us, through it all. So may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
2: A lot of people have asked why we came inside this week. couple reasons. Outside was massive last week. I mean in in COVID terms. The last two weeks we've been outside, it's been unbelievable. Uh, it's definitely the most people we've gathered. So it was good for people to see each other. I noticed pretty quickly, preaching in those environments and in care of preaching, it's really difficult to preach. Outside when trains are going by and when someone's riding a scooter in front of you, it's great. Like I thought it was great. But the win was definitely not preaching. And also, this week, we have a lot of our people who would help to sound outside when were out of town. And so. We wanted to be inside this week and then next week, my friend Dr. Johns, Dr. Cheryl Bridges Johns is coming to preach again on our pot creativity. If you have not heard from her, go back. She preached on the word a year ago and she preached at the beginning of the year on confession. And to me, it reminded me of the trajectory of what this year has been. I remember January, she actually posted a tweet. That's what people do. She posted one and it was about The body of Christ needs less smoke and fog machines and less we're taking the nation for Jesus and more we and our forefathers have sinned, bring us to a place of repentance and confession, help us to go low so that Jesus can be, and I was, I was wrecked by it, literally wrecked by it. I called her, had to talk to her about it. She came and preached. That was the beginning of this year. That was January. We were like, we're going to kill this year. You don't even know. Watch what we do to this year. February comes, we start preaching through be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus said. really sensing God is speaking to us. This is for us and I felt that in January, February. God is teaching us that we are to be disciples and that looks like apprenticeship to Jesus and I wanna see us flourish and grow. Sarah and I, we should probably go on a vacation, get one in. We fly out to Colorado, we land, schools closed, churches are starting to close, COVID lands, starts to spread. Now we're setting up for Christmas, and that's about as best as I can explain the year. It happened like that. And in between, God took us through a season as a body of listening and how he's a shepherd and he desires to speak to us collectively. He took us through a season of really focusing on Jesus. There's all these other things happening. He showed us what it looked like to take responsibility for some of the racial issues that have been a part of this land for a long time. He's leading us into understanding and taking ownership of things we need to. Then he, then he moved us into the summer, and everybody started playing sports like nothing happened. And we're like, okay, we live in the south. That's okay. It took us into the later parts of the year. We started realigning what is God speaking to us. He gave us new pots, prayers of the season. We feel like he's in them. I definitely do. For four weeks, I've been preaching spiritual formation, community and connection. We cannot do it without these things. We cannot replace the gathering and the people of God being together to grow. And this week, creativity. And not even to mention, we don't even know what's happening with the political race right now. Like, this is this year, but we're gonna set up Christmas this week, amen? Who's already set up Christmas? That's what I'm talking about. People are ready, right? We watched two Christmas movies. This is the year we're in. So I just wanna to start today, and I'm not gonna preach forever, but I'm gonna preach what I need to preach. So I know it's 1206, but I'm sorry. I'm not sorry should have said that more together. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But I do love you and I want to respect your time, but we're gathered here with Jesus and that means something. And there's lots of people that wishes they could be in rooms like this right now. Let's take ownership of our place in this, right? It's almost as if God is handing us this baton. It's like, it's your turn. What will you do with it, you know? And so I'm going to preach on that a little bit today. We've been trying to get a feel for where you guys are at. We've been calling people. We've been praying. We've been seeking God. What do we do with the body? Pastors, my friends, don't know what to do with the body right now because we gather together, and we focused on Sundays for so long. How do you live out Christianity when it's not about gathering together? And it's a good invitation to have to wrestle through things that we should have been wrestling through but didn't need to. So now we're wrestling, right? And as we've reached out to you guys, we've heard from everyone We feel tired. We feel weary. We're dealing with extreme amounts of loneliness. We're dealing with things we never knew that we had to deal with. We feel weighted down. Everybody that we've reached out to is in the same spot. They feel stuck, right? They feel stuck where they're at. Almost like, I want you to just go ahead in your mind and get the picture of what would you want to be out of right now? And clearly, COVID, right? Like, yeah. Other things, right? Right, what if our nation... Finally learned how to practice equality. What if, that would be great to move past that. What if, what if we were out of having to deal with whatever's happening in our home? Our kids are home. We can't send them to school. Or some of them are at home and some of them are not. And what if, whatever it is, what do you wish that you could be like, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm putting a pen in this because when this happens, we can move on. And it reminded me of a passage we read a while ago. And a passage you've all read because you've all heard from Jeremiah 29, right? What have you heard from that? What have you guys heard from that? It's funny how we all know that part. For I know the plans I have for you, says the who? Amen. Plans to what? And I'm not knocking us because we need to hear that. Like we need to hear that. We're a community that needs to be encouraged. But this passage has a framework that can be very easily missed If you just read that verse, I'm going to read you a good amount of scripture today. All right, so you can open up your Bibles. Jeremiah 29, 1 through 14. So listen, listen closely, brothers and sisters, as we approach these texts together. I love the Word. I love the Word. I hope that we fall more in love with the Word or else we're just kind of doing what we want, you know? That's not good. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was the king, the king Jekoniah, and the queen mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the metalworkers from departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of of Eleazar to the son Shephan and Gomoriah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It said, This is the letter, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon build your houses and live in them. Just pause for a second. What had been happening was there as prophets, you're about to hear, that had been stepping up and saying, what God is going to do is take you from this exiled land. So they had gotten in the mindset, we need to just wait till that happens. We need to wait because all of these prophets are telling us we're going to be taken from this. And this is a hard letter to people. But did you guys know that there are prophets in every age that are speaking something that Jesus is never speaking? There are voices speaking things and and telling us, promising us things sooner than later so that we can receive what we want while Jesus is actually, here we go. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives, have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and have your daughters in marriage. That they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, and do not decrease. So get a, get a picture. So we're not, wait a second, we're not leaving exile? We're gonna, you want us to do these things in exile. But seek also the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. What? For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. <laughs> Those prophets are probably like, dang, we missed, we, we missed a little bit there, you know? You know? <laughs> for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. He said 70 He didn't say next week, 70. That's a whole person's life plus somebody else. 70 years. I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I, see this changes it, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I just thought that was about me getting my next good thing Wow, then you will call upon me and I will come and, you, and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your heart, your whole heart, all of it. I will, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is fascinating to me, especially for today, because I think with stuck people, and especially me, I just really desire to be out of whatever it is, and that's us right now. We desire to be out of it, and I just believe 100%. He's saying, I have planted you in this. It will go when I make it go. Build your gardens. Dig your roots. Don't act as if you can't live the life I'm asking you now before that happens. That's for us, this is us right now, right? I had a thing where I was praying with God, just interacting, I think I was talking to someone two weeks ago, and I had the best question I've had all year jump into my mind, and I don't honestly know how it got there. I'm gonna give credit to God, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And the question was, if I were to go back to March last year, and and meet me, right? If I were in a DeLorean, and I happened to be back, and (laughs) hey, Josh. The question was, I needed to interact with, what would you tell you then? And I knew instantly. I didn't have to even pray. It was like, I know what I'd say to me. And what I would say to me is, this isn't going away like tomorrow. So you need to, to dig deep, and you need to gather the people, and you need to go deep in God and get a sense for what he's saying. You need to go deep. You don't need to scurry about. You need to go deep. And so I thought, I was like, Why why didn't I do that? And I know why I didn't do that. How do you Zoom? What do we do with our kids? What do we do in our nation? How do I have friendships? Why do I not want to be around people right now? Where are sports? Dear God, where are sports? (laughs) I would go back and I would say to myself, gather the people and go deep. This is not a season to be frivolous, to put on a show. It's about roots and rootedness and growth. And so I felt like he said, what are you doing now, bro? And I was like, I got you. So, so, so I'm actually from the future. I'm from this time next year. And I'm talking to me now saying, what are you waiting on now? If you know that that's the most important thing, and I always have. I've always known that the body needs to be in that space and that we have to go there together. It's just not easy to do in American church. There's a service coming every week, and don't hear me wrong. Services together are beautiful. They're even sacred and meaningful, and the parts we love, are just as good as the parts that are hard to sit through. Being together, that's, that's irreplaceable to me, but it's not enough in this season. It's not enough if he's saying, here's your baton, here's what I'm asking you to do. He's not just trying to make us good, it's not bad, but there's a deeper invitation for all of us. And so I'm gonna talk to you for a moment about Hebrews 12 and about St. Patrick. The reason I'm sharing more about St. Patrick is in the parking lot, I botched it. I have no idea what I said out there. I was speaking to a train. uh, Somebody was driving around me, and I knew it was important for our body. So I feel like I've been being mentored and being drawn closer to God by these two things. And I feel like I want to share those with you and you at home. So if you'll open up to Hebrews 12, I warned you. We're not even a third of the way through the scripture you're going to receive today. I ask you in the reading of the scripture to to check your heart to be present to not just get through it when's he going to get through it be present in the reading of the scripture be present in the lively oracles be present it's an interaction i'm going to read you two versions of a long passage i'm just going to tell you that's not something a lot of people would do so i'm going to read you first 1 through 17 in the esv and then i'm going to read you 1 through 17 in the message and it's a little bit like Alexio Divina, which we've been doing this year, where we read chunks of scripture together and we interact together. And you notice the invitations and you're highlighted on some things. And so if you will, just remember in Hebrews chapter 11, it's the faith chapter. There's giants of the faith that are being explained. There are these guys that are like part-time, amazing apostles and going after for God and then like criminals and crooks, the other parts So these famous historical people even talked about 11 are like, Are they or are they not? Like witnesses, kind of like us, right? There's not anybody in here that's 100% perfect. So Hebrews 12, please stay with me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, That addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Nor be weary when removed, reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for disciples that you have to endure. It's for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you will be illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. I know there's the opposite too. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but, the, but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may be put out of joint, but rather be healed." Strive for peace with everyone, and for holiness without which no one can see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau. Poor Esau. Who, said his birthright for us, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Now push pause and close your eyes. I'm going to read this to you. This is the message version. Let it be taken in as soup to your soul. And Jesus, as we read this text, I thank you for it. For by your word, Jesus, we are led into these wildernesses. And even here today, you're leading us. Hebrews 12. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it, strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish, in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls in this all-out match against sin. Others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed, so don't feel sorry for yourselves or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loved that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never, ever drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we are children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At this time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feel like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. For it is well-trained, it is the well-trained who find themselves mature in a relationship with God. So don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. And I love, love this. Clear the paths for long-distance runners so no one will trip and fall. So no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle, help each other out, and run for it. Work at getting along with each other and with God. Otherwise, you'll never so much as get a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for the weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. And Watch out for that Esau syndrome. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulse and wanted God's blessing. But by then, it was too late. Tears or no tears. That's awesome. That to me, right? The beauty of the word. That's for us. That's for you. This passage These texts are for you to recognize. And there's a couple things you gotta recognize. This cloud that's being talked about. Get this picture in your head, right? You stepping into your faith and taking it seriously is not a wrestling match. It's not Jacob and the Spirit of God. It's not that. That's a beautiful picture. It's a race. It's not a wrestling match. It's not a one-off. It's not a get in and get out. It's not a find a thing over here. It's not a find the things I love. It is a lifelong commitment. And there is a cloud of witnesses. This, to me, a picture that maybe keeps you going. There's a cloud of witnesses, all those who have contributed before, who are watching and cheering. And it's as if you're walking into the center as you start to recognize who you are, whose you are, and what you're called to, and you recognize these saints past are cheering us on. They are literally watching what we're doing. And as I think about it, I think, what are they watching me do? And then I'm like, oh, crap, they're watching me do that? What are they watching me do, right? Because this cloud, these people that have gone before us, right, that we want to distance ourselves from because we know how to do church better. We know how to do the spiritual life better, right? We're Americans. We know how to do everything better. Everyone should listen to us. This cloud of witnesses is cheering us on and saying, it's your turn. It's your turn to run this race, so take the weight that you're recognizing and set it aside. I borrowed a friend's running shoes one time, and they literally weigh less than weight. Have you ever put a pair of running shoes on, you feel like you're dancing, and you're not even dancing. You could be like a turtle running in shoes like that, and you look like a turtle, but you feel like the dude's name, the fastest guy ever. What's the guy's name? Josh Turner, yeah. He's blazing. Usain Bolt, right? When you get up for a race, you take everything off, right? They wear things I wouldn't wear out because they're gonna be light. What, what is weighing you down and what kind of race? It's a long-term thing. It's being set on something. It's going from Christianity, if it's this trajectory, we kind of do this. It's like I bump into Jesus here, bump into Jesus there, bump into a church, bump into a prayer thing, bump into a worship night, and I'm just bumping into Jesus. And at the end of the day, I'm like, am I farther along or am I where I was at two years ago? He's inviting us onto a clear path that he set before us that has bumps, has all of it. But it's, it's definitely a trajectory towards Christ to become Christ-like. And not only is he the destination, he's the companion. It doesn't even make sense. But as we live and do our, our part of this race, as someone's handing us this baton, right? Are we just kind of grabbing it and being like, I think I have a better idea than a baton. Or are we running this race? What we need now, what I need now, what you need now is to take seriously what we have before us, right? I had a conversation this week about how to make people believe that walking with Jesus in discipleship is important, and I can tell you the wrong way is making sure you hear me say how much it's important. The right way is starting to practice together and what it looks like to go after God together, to practice this thing together. So take the weights, recognize them. It's a long distance race, and it's always towards Christ. It's always moving towards Christ. Most people are stuck right here, but Jesus is always giving us invites and giving us models to look after, to see. And so St. Patrick for me was something that meant a lot because I've heard for years that our church has some similarities because we're generous. And I've heard for years how when you visit our church, it's a very communal church. You can find family, people talk to me. But the part about him, I didn't want to really study him, honestly. One, because I just didn't want to do it. And two, because I, I, I felt like I would probably discover some things that weren't helpful. There was a depth to how he lived and the communities that he built lived. And I don't think we're at that depth yet. I don't think, like wake up call to us, I don't think we're at the depth to where we can truly grow in Jesus as a community. And I feel the invitation so strong. I can't put words to how strong I feel being invited into a place where true growth will happen for all of us. Not that one finishes the race, but that we're all going together and we're seeing tangible fruit happen. I feel that. And as I studied St. Patrick, God used his whole life. So so it's not like there's this on-ramp and then you change everything, you stop doing the bad stuff, and you listen to the fish. Like that's, not just the Christian life, it's so much more. With St. Patrick, he was a nominal Christian as a teenager. He probably believed in God but just kind of mocked it. At 16, he was stolen by pirates and taken to Ireland and he was sold to someone. And when he was sold to someone, he was in two environments all the time. He was with Christians who were slaves worshiping together and he was in fields outside and inside and so three massive things happened he began to experience the revelation of God in nature and he began to experience and understand the Irish people and then he began to love these people so all of these things that happened even before he sh- God showed up in a dream were part of it all of these things and then God shows up in a dream and he says listen there's a ship waiting over here go to it and there's a ship waiting and he goes to it and he gets in it and he goes back to England. And then years later, he has another dream and it's the Irish people. It's the barbarians saying, come back and walk among us. Come and walk among us. And he took these dreams seriously and all of his life mattered for it. He prepared for years. He built people who knew how to go into a place. He went back and he learned two things instantly. That he understood where he was and that his community was ready to be the message there changed everything. It spread not because they had a beautiful technique. It wasn't like a sales pitch. This community changed because they actually embodied. They embodied what it meant to be followers of Jesus right from saying yes, right from saying, I choose Jesus as my savior. They had an invitation into, now this is what it looks like to live that. And for us, it's mostly like, I just know what not to do now and I know I should probably like these things, but our whole life, like is our whole life an invitation to people just by looking at Jonathan Godby, just by looking at Leslie and Jackie. When someone sees us, are they like, oh, I can just see them, and I know what it is to be a Christian. Because they're a part of a family that has an invitation into community, Oh, I can't even, I'm at 1230 right now, but I could go for another 30 right here. It doesn't just happen. You don't just, you don't just, oh, look at this. I'm just killing it for Jesus today. It doesn't just happen like that. It takes resolve to say, this is important now. It's more important, right? My son's on, I just found out, the number one baseball team in the state. I wanted to say that. And the coach is over there. I'm just gonna tell you, lovingly, from me to you, I've already said it, and that doesn't even compare. To what we find in Jesus, right? Doesn't even compare. What he he is getting from athletic doesn't even compare. I want him to know how to jump in. I want people to see my life and see your life and be like, oh, here's what it looks like to walk with Jesus and not just be about things you hate and not just be about the most current missional objective. We gotta become that. And St. Patrick did a few things I'm going to read you really quick that I just got to because I, I missed this last time and I regretted it. And maybe it's not flowing with the spirit right now, but that's okay. Five themes from Celtic evangelism. There was no Lone Ranger evangelism. There was no idea I'm going by myself to tell you about Jesus. It was always a team and a family. Watch what we do and you're invited into our lives. So literally like they meet you and they're like having dinner with you. They, they don't know about your Jesus yet. They know how you eat food and, how you, and they're invited into that. Number two, they prepared people to live in depth. Can you go to the next slide really quick? As soon as you entered these communities and you decided you wanted this Jesus or you wanted what they were professing, you were instantly giving, given a space in nature next to trees or waterfalls where it was your own. Like, Aaron, you get this space over here. Go enjoy it. And in that space, you were to interact with your soul and God and imaginative prayer, and that was yours. Number two, you were given a a namkara, a spiritual friend. This friend was not your leader. They were a peer who was talking to you about the content of the gospel and the content of your heart and what it looked like to grow with Christ and go after Christ. This was a sincere relationship that was building and building. The third thing you would get was you would jump into a group We didn't start small groups, right? You would jump into a group of 10 or fewer people. The fourth thing, you participated in every common life thing together. Meals, work, learning, prayer, scripture, ministry. I think of, so I think of Mariah and Alyssa and Micah and some of the other people in this room right now who are just kind of going after God together and you're basically doing this. This is... So you need to give credit to him first, just kidding. This is, this is how you see, and I see when this kind of thing starts to happen, I see more growth in people than any other thing. More than just going to a thing that, going to like a prayer thing or just a worship night. But the people who have decided we're gonna live like weekly lives together and go after God selflessly and make it a priority to talk about these things, that's where growth happens. Yes, church is helpful. It's not the end all. And then the last thing through all of this, this community helps you discover your vocation and call to experience ministry and seekers. But going after calling and, and ministry is after all these other things. We've got it reversed. We want you to know that you are called. So we're like, you are called to do this. And then you're like, why do I feel empty two weeks into this? You don't have spiritual friendships. You don't have community. You're not doing life with people. You're lonely, you're alone. You're alone, we're all Lone Ranger Christians, right? Can you actually go to the next slide? The difference in the Roman model and the Celtic model when they presented the gospel. Roman model: Here's the gospel. Decide if you decide, you can have fellowship. The Celtic model: Here's fellowship. Here's ministry and conversation. As you have questions, alpha and belief and invitation and commitment come as a, as a fruit of that. You decide you would like Christ. People are so ready that they know what to do, but it's because there's been a building of community and trust. But you cannot do this version, the Celtic model, without people who are serious about God and actually growing. Because I'm gonna just confess, I think we've done the Celtic model without the in route to depth. And I think God's done some beautiful things at River City. Like I, I think we're on the right trajectory. But I think we're so, we've so emphasized hospitality and loving neighbor that that's the end. And it's not just the end. Like the end is Christ, Christ with us and towards Christ. And so the depth of this group, this Celtic model, it had to have been prepared. It has to grow. It, has to, it doesn't happen in a sermon series. It happens over years. It happens over a life. And I've gone so long, but this is so important. This is an invitation. So if you want to know from me, and we're about to close. Where I believe God is taking us, I feel more clear than I've ever felt, also while feeling more blurry about how to do it than I've ever felt. He's inviting us into depth. It's paramount, it's important, it's irreplaceable. It will not come quick and easy. It will be like preparing for a race, or you orange theoriers, like preparing for an orange theory thingy. (laughs) And you know what I mean. It's not gonna come easy, and that's why we haven't already done it in our lives because it takes time to grow this way to grow with Jesus in such a way that you sense he's moving you when you go to bed at night you can ask yourself am i farther along today and be able to answer i am farther along today and in community i think that's what god's going to do next year with us so here's your invitation for for me <laughs> Let's go. (laughs) It's right there. Head east towards Atlanta Road, southeast. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Somebody just believe they're supposed to go over there and you're about to go over there and pray for somebody. Here's here's what it is. The invitation is not to clarity or a model. The invitation is not that you have all the answers for the church. The invitation for those who love prayer-focused things, broaden your horizons, scripture. The invitation for those who love community, but don't like depth beyond just hanging out. Ask some hard questions. Where are we with Jesus, everyone? The invitation will come as we seek God together, but he's highlighting and pinpointing and trying to build communities that are bought in to him. So that when the sojourner or when the nomad or the wanderers, there's so many wanderers in my family who wander their whole life we're looking for adventurers going after God together. We're looking for a pilgrimage going after God together. When they step into our areas, our, the people who are lonely, there's people who are coming to our church like crazy right now because people are lonely and need community and we need to go after God together and they need to be able to see and clearly understand we've cleared a path for long distance runners here. We've cleared a path for long distance runners here so that you won't trip and fall. Or drop a coffee cup. Like, that's okay. So, if you'll stand with me, I'm going to go a little different route. Those at home, I completely forgot that y'all were with me today. I'm sorry. I love you, and I know it's meaningful there and meaningful here. But I just want you, ask him what the invitation is today. And I'm, I'm going to ask this too, because this is, this is very peculiar. For somebody wrestling with calling, St. Patrick knew what he was called to because God gave him an understanding. Like a, he understood the language of the Celtic people. He understood what they cared about, their loves, the way that they lived. He had all of this understanding before the gospel came. And then when, when the gospel came, it was like, oh, that was all. What is it that you understand? like? For those searching for what to go after, what do you already have a clear understanding of? I I know for me, this is cheesy, but sports, right? Addiction. I know a lot about addiction. I know a ton about people broken in addiction. What is it that God has used in your life to draw you to where you are now so that you can jump into community and let him begin to stir and speak in you? He has invitations. He has invitations. So Jesus, close your eyes with me. We present our body to you, a living sacrifice. I don't know if this is prophesy or hope or word of knowledge or wisdom or just a guy saying words. I want 21. I want to be out of 20 first. I'm just go to say that. I wonder if you want to be away from 20. But I would love for 21 to be a year of rich depth. I got this word this week, sacred beloved. That's how he feels about us, sacred and beloved. But I wanna be walking and running with a group of people, not because we wanna make River City cool or we wanna have the next model of how to do apprenticeship with Jesus or create a website, but so that we are exactly where we need to be listening to the exact invitations and fully living with you. Let this be where this church goes, Jesus. And that's gonna take people going there and going there together So those of us in this room that need to be encouraged, and I'm just gonna preach to your weight. There are weights weighting you down. Jesus wants to bring lightness. He's got some shoes for you. There are those who want a one-off. It's not gonna happen in a prayer meeting. Cool things can happen there, but it's gonna happen when you decide you're ready for a long-distance run. And Jesus has to be the goal. Christ in front of us, Christ behind us, Christ with us. We thank you in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and close for those at home. And we went really long. Super pumped about that. We'll have an Advent station set up for next week if you want to come early. Dr. Johns will be here. There'll be stuff out there. You can jump into the Advent group that Kara will be leading. There's so many other opportunities. I love you guys. I love you guys at home. I've missed you. I I legitimately miss and pray for all of you. And I cannot wait to see everybody again. God bless you guys. Thank you
1: again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.